ladies and gentlemen, I hate us and I hate everything we stand for. Welcome to week three of a possible seven weeks on Monty Kipsop. Bear in, bear in mind. Oh, yeah. We, we barely touched on the fabulous Moolah's um, horrific crimes. We have yet to do Ric Flair. We have one episode on Dusty Roads. Twice the amount of time on a guy who was Mr. Ass. Yeah, one hour on Dusty Roads. He was the badass, and then he was Mr. Ass. And actually, we're going to go through the time, basically, where he beca- went from, you know, he was uh, he was Cassius Lay, and then he became Muhammad Ali. If that, <laughs> like, exactly. Like Paul Heyman said about Nunzio. <laughs> um, I swear to God, did he actually say that about Nunzio? Yeah, he said that on a uh, on a WWE ECW DVD. He was like, at first, because they were talking about ECW like before uh, WWE bought it, and they said he, before he was Cassius Clay, before he was Muhammad Ali, he was Cassius Clay, and before he was Nunzio, he was Little Guido. And they threw to a Tajiri Little Guido super crazy match. It's like, yeah, man. Of course it was. As I get older, the more I despise Paul Heyman. Like Paul Heyman's really fun when you're a teenager and you're like, yeah. We're a rebel, and as you get older, you're like, yeah, he's the son of a personal injury lawyer and is just a lying piece of shit. Like, My favorite thing about Paul Heyman is Twitter. He'll uh, just he'll just like photos of bikini babes and go, nice. My favorite thing about Paul Heyman is that uh, he had a company called ECW, but for some reason was like, hey, Tommy Dreamer, can you get your rich parents to buy us a bunch of trucks and I'm not going to pay you back? Like you, this is how Paul Heyman's life is gonna end one day. It's Tommy Dreamer is gonna get full cancer, and then drive to Paul Heyman's house and shoot him in the neck. I mean, he did give Tommy Dreamer a career, but Paul Heyman did run pro wrestling like people run open mic competitions, where it's like, bring your friends, sweet. Now I have yeah. money. Yeah, he's a real, he's the real. Oh, what the fuck is comedy empire of wrestling? I can't remember what that thing is called. There you go, buddy. Fuck them. Fuck them in their fucking ass. Fuck them. Fuck them for me. Speaking of asses, let's talk about Mr. Ass. <laughs> you can use that. Ladies and gentlemen. Ooh, Ooh yeah. I'm full of blood in my dick. Um, the New Age Outlaws <laughs> took a break, basically, in 1999 so that Billy Gunn could focus on capturing the Intercontinental Championship and Road Dog could go after the hardcore title. Now, Billy Gunn uh, worked a lot with Sh- Ken Shanrock. By the way, Ken Shanrock, as it turned out via our research, are we still on page, uh, still on packet one of our research? Yes, we are. <laughs> we are on page 15 of 20 of our page, of our first part, due to the wonderful Christopher Hobson. God only knows what it's going to be like, because we've got fucking... Two more segments. Those are supposed to be episodes two and three. Instead, we're still in episode one. What the fuck? This is our apocalypse. Well, I mean, it would be very, very funny. (laughs) Apocalypse now. (laughs) Where people will look back on it in years and be like, that was actually pretty misogynist, even though those guys are universally known as geniuses. Um, You're talking about me and about how you, like, the only part of Apocalypse Now you like is in the director's cut when Lawrence Fishburne just tries to steal a Playboy bunny for no reason. And that entire scene is clearly just like Francis Ford Coppola was like, I want to fuck someone from Playboy. Build me a stadium. He did do that, apparently. Like, I listened to this whole thing on Apocalypse Now, and apparently he did just have Playboy bunnies around just because he was like, 
Because F- Coppola was obviously a genius, blah, 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 but uh, he also <laughs> was like, hey, maybe these Playboy bunnies will suck somebody off and it'll keep uh, morale up because this movie's taken so long. Truly believe he's not a genius based on the fact that he made the movie Jack. Which was, was that the movie Jack, Robin Williams is old and yeah, then young Robin at the same Williams time? Robin Williams is a 40-year-old who looks 10 and has like ha- gets fully raped by Fran Drescher on a dance floor. It's the weirdest, most tone-deaf movie ever. Like, it's just like, he's a fun kid. It's a fun rom. Fran Drescher wants to fuck some Robin Williams cock, and I'm going to watch it. <laughs> now, I mean, it's pick, your po- it's pick your poison as far as uncomfortable things back then. But the problem is, here's what I, here's what I don't like about, um, this is going to sound weird, but like, kind of like common knowledge about movies back then versus common knowledge about wrestling in 1999 is that every wrestling fan will outwardly admit like, oh, the things I liked as a kid were fucked up. But you'll see every single... I mean, this is mostly baby boomers, to be honest, but they'll just stand by the clearly yeah. problematic thing. Oh, yeah, thing. they won't. This is the thing is that you can just walk back and be like, I didn't get it then, so I liked that, and now I understand, and it's different in my mind. It's like, no. what? Once you like yeah. something, you have to like it forever. I was having this debate, and I can't believe I'm going to use yeah. the word debate and WhatsApp in the same fucking sentence this morning, but... <laughs> but people were discussing, they were like, you know, comedies change now, stand-up, you know, they used to be the guardians of satire, and I was like, no, no, that never fucking happened. That's not true. Fucking Lenny Bruce was a junkie who wanted to say naughty words, and that actually did some good, but it's not like fucking Richard, like, Richard Pryor wasn't politically motivated uh, at a certain point. Richard Pryor saw money, Richard Pryor wanted to talk about certain things, but he wasn't marching, that was up to Malcolm X and fucking Martin Luther King. And the Black Panthers and those organizations, Richard Pryor was a byproduct of that. And in the same way that with wrestling, is wrestling is a reaction to the modern the the times that we are living in, which is why the Attitude Era was in the late '90s because the late '90s was the era of such faux rebellion. Like it's just like I'm Fred Durst and I'm wearing a hat. Time to say bitch, but only when I know they can censor it. And I got blown by a girl named Christina Aguilera. And she's like, that's true. I am a consenting adult. And sometimes I want to fuck a man with a micro penis. And he's like, yeah, cool. That means big, right? <laughs> micro means it's uh, you need microscopes to see how extra big it is, micro right? Micro means that like it's so big that your vagina has got to be your belly button, right? Oh, micro. Microscope. That yeah, means yeah, big yeah, scope. Yeah, yeah. It's like how West Borland means Jimi Hendrix in 1999. <laughs> well, this is what I... All right, I will say this uh, about Billy Gunn to segue on to the thing we, we're going to talk about for... I'm going to say six hours this week. Um, I like the let's not break up this tag team thing because this is... For how much you want to say it, maybe it's because I was personally doing the uh, oh my god, wrestling is real... Lessing isn't real. Let's be a smart mark phase of my life. Like double stamp, erase it. I'm I'm not gonna even think about girls until college. I mean, I like how you're acting like you've left that. Oh no, uh, now I'm a uh, a concerted wrestling fan, only in it for the entertainment. Now, if you excuse me, I'm off to do my podcast that I've been doing for the better part of four years, where we say the word. I don't know what I was gonna say at the end of that. Continue your point. (laughs) No, but that's what. Cole Cabana really said it best, where he's like, "I got, I got to 17, and I realized I want to have sex with people, and then he came back to wrestling at like 21." <laughs> you know what I mean? It's the thing is, you have to realize is that you got to go like, you know, you know, 
bagging quims like anything else. You got to put your time in and really learn how to do it. Yeah. Most people who uh, like wrestling reveal that as if they have a criminal record. It's like two months in. Like, it's finally... It's finally time to show her the box. <laughs> Until you hit your mid-30s, and then you're just like, this is what I'm into, and if you don't like it, well, there's the door. You can smell what I'm cooking. Yeah, exactly. When you're in mid-30s, it's like, listen, let's be honest here. You got a couple kids. Dating the guy with the motorcycle didn't work out, did it? Now it's time for dandruff and opinions yeah, on I John Moxley. you are into someone who needs you to apply cream to the dry patches of his back skin. Also, what do you think of John Moxley's vest? He, they're clearly going to start calling him Mox as a nickname. I already don't like it. He's got some Moxley to him. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Some people's uh, indie names were bad, but we can talk about that another time. Uh, we got to talk about the one Billy Gunn, which is, I like the fact that they just kind of split the tag team up because sometimes you don't need, they made it like a faction. They made it like they're still best friends, but now they're just doing other things, but they'll be back together. It was basically like the Kiss solo albums in the seventies. You knew that right around the corner exactly. was going to be, I was made for loving you. And thank God for that. <laughs> but that's what you do. You take a break because it's every week. Now they're doing literally double the amount of wrestling they did because actually quadruple because raw used to be one hour then it went to two hours and then now uh they're gonna have smackdown pretty soon so you need to kind of break everything up and take a break from the storylines you've already started so billy gunn starts challenging can shamrock for the intercontinental title and road dog going for the hardcore title as you mentioned and it's really how they saw these guys which is Road Dog is the like mid card, lower mid card guy. Billy Gunn has a chance to be in our upper mix because ooh baby, look at those abs. Look at that man bun. Before it was cool. He's wearing a half shirt. He looks like a girl going to the store to get milk. There was also a fun just one thing of it, which was Road Dog was getting. When I say dusty, I mean he was like a credenza in an attic for fifty years. Um. <laughs> If Billy Gunn, though, was wearing flip-flops instead of his boots and used ad texting, he literally looks like most like most 20-something women on a Sunday. Yeah, he <laughs> looks like most most girls you see in a brunch line where you just think, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Billy, I went out last night, gun. Yeah. Billy, uh, Chad, you better get us a fucking bottle gun. <laughs> so... He uh, wrestles Ken Shamrock, and here's some fun stories about that. Tell me the story, Dylan. It's story time with Dylan. I'm sitting crisscross applesauce by the fire. (laughs) Thank you. Light the fire. Take only Kravitz style. Do a splits until your dick falls out of your pants. Nice. Now it's time for the story. You haven't seen that? No. Lenny Kravitz tries a deep lunge, but his uh, his leather pants rip, and his huge dong falls out of his pants. That's good stuff. That's great stuff. He's got like a massive. Of course, Lenny Kravitz has that big a dick dong. <laughs> yeah, no, no one's music is that shitty, and everyone still listens to it without everyone just agreeing. Like this guy's got a wide yet pretty penis. <laughs> anytime you see someone, this is one thing I've learned from being in comedy for 15 years. Anytime you see someone who's like got multiple albums and they just suck and you're like, "Why the fuck is this guy still famous?" Just think, "Hey, that guy uh must be This guy must bang a lot of people or girl must bang a lot of people, but everyone who hangs out with them is still like, "No, it's cool." Yeah. <laughs> They're cool. 
Like, they're just really fun to hang out with. I like the way he bangs. I mean, he can't sing real well, but he did throw a party, and he knew exactly the way I like my old fashions. Made them all himself. There was a thousand people at the party. He made everyone drinks. Knew their the favorite opposite. drink immediately. The band Our Lady Peace, I guarantee, which is a very deep Canadian reference, I guarantee Rain Maida, who is the lead singer who sings like this, uh, I guarantee he has a big penis, but it's very cumbersome and he doesn't know how to use it. Like, I guarantee he throws a party and is shocked when people don't bring food for themselves. These sandwiches are... <laughs> These sandwiches are just for me and my wife. I would love to do that. Oh, no, that party sub's just for <laughs> I'm me. I'm having a wedding in October. Maybe that's my plan. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Put down the... Pen. Yeah, buy a... Buy the Homer sub. You want me to bring, just have a monster sub? Yeah, buy <laughs> buy a monster sub and then play uh play like some mood music and just eat it and explain to you and explain to everyone why they can't have any. How close have you come in your life to buying a monster sub? <laughs> you haven't earned this. I remember I worked at Subway I when I was 17 I and I was shocked that they actually make those. They I was like, "They make those?" And they're like, "Yeah, on special order." I'm like, so, like, someone calls and we would have to make one of those. And they're like, yeah. And I was like, how do we make the bread? Like, our, we have to make it like a snake. We'd have to coil it up and then slowly, like, pull it out of the oven. They're like, I mean, yeah, that's probably how we'd have to do it. I was like, I want to do this, but then show up for work just to see you guys fuck this up. <laughs> I, like, I would like, how much does it cost? I got money, in a way. At that time, I think it was like 70 bucks. Ladies and gentlemen of the rest of the review, we have a Patreon. Could someone please, for a one-month subscription, just give us enough money to buy a monster sub? <laughs> All right. You talk about Billy Gunn and Ken Shamrock and the Nasty Boys, and I will yeah, I will look Fantastic. up this monster All right. sub. Billy Gunn starts working with Ken Shamrock. Now, what's interesting about Ken Shamrock, or Shamrock, his name not Shamrock, uh, during the Attitude Era, is that you would think he would be a stiff person to work with, wouldn't be very good uh, out of the ring in terms of uh, morale with the boys, as Jim Barnett would call it. Uh, but it was amazing. Great to work with. Was very fair, very good in the ring. And it was a fantastic pro wrestling who, pro wrestling <laughs> who did not, and I swear to God, did not get a fair shake. That said, uh, Billy Gunn did wet witness Ken Shamrock screaming at the Nasty Boys in an airport as part of a continuing feud stemming from a 1990 incident when the Nasty Boys wouldn't stop touching a woman's breasts in front of her boyfriend, which led to a physical altercation, which led to further physical altercations in a hotel. Then Sham, uh, Sags just choked Shamrock with a phone, and Shamrock fought them a yep. lot every time they cross paths for a decade. That's the most the most nasty boy story I've ever heard. And uh, the women get yeah. tits can you two unhand that woman. Uh, what are you gonna fucking do? You're not fat like a ha Ken Shamrock. Yeah, 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 yeah. I guarantee this is the story. This is this is exaggerated wrestler bullshit that ba knobs and sags got ahead of it and said some shit which was um they the two of them te like teamed up on Shamrock in a real fight. Shamrock definitely hurt both yeah. of them, and they choked him with the phone in an effort to make him stop fighting. Uh, but there, Dobbs and Sykes, there are hundreds of stories of them being pieces of shit. Arn Anderson uh, apparently routinely punched both of them in the face, which I love so much. I just, Good. When he was in the WWF and they came in, he was just like, uh, cause he was like, knobs is a, knobs is a pussy. Sags is a bit tough. 
Uh, but apparently that uh, once Ric Flair got there, they kept trying to put they put beer in his shoes at a bar, and they started a giant brawl that cost fifty grand worth of damage at the China Club, <laughs> which apparently Ric Flair had to pay for. And then he just uh, claims in his book he got even some other way, which is R- Arn Anderson, I'm sure, just started mailing knobs and sags photos of their kids. This is your son. <laughs> this yeah. is your son at school. This is your son meeting me. That's my knife. But I believe that story just because the bad guys win. Do you know what I mean? Like, usually you would just tilt a story just for... But it's like the Lassie boys really being <laughs> Attitude Era heels. We grabbed a girl's tits. She didn't like it. A guy tried to save her. He beat one guy up. He was working on the second guy. But then the then the first guy regained consciousness and smoked him in the back of the head with a phone is what I had heard. Smoked him in the back of the head with a phone, knocked him out, and they fucking threw him out into the hallway or some shit. That's what I had heard. The but- Nasty Boys did not... They won that... They won the battle. They did not win the war. Because now here's what they have. Yeah. Oh, fuck that guy. He's a piece of shit. Oh, good. Now, uh, the first guy to make hitting inside the octagon uh, hates us more than anyone else. Well, this is going to make for a very difficult life. Because they're in a fucking airport. They're in an airport in a... like. Uh, right before 9-11 world, so things were a little bit more loosey-goosey, and Ken yeah. Shamrock is attempting to fight you. Even just the attempt to be fought by Ken Shamrock means, oh, if we let this go too far, he's going to rip the head off of two security agents and use those heads as balls to throw at our heads. So, yeah. And Billy Gunn, Billy Gunn being a actual human being, uh, is th- is thinking... Is thinking, calm and down. We're going to be for sure arrested. This is a fucking airport, you stupid fucking. Because the other thing is, these are huge men, huge men with no context for what it is. It's just like, oh, two Jews heads against two Florida ultra it's, fucking it's biker boys. It's California yeah. v. Florida. <laughs> yeah, uh, the two se- the two yeah. senators of <laughs> Florida. Cal- this. Uh- Ken Shamrock clearly from Florida. He's always wearing gym shorts. He's unnecessarily cut. His voice is higher than it needs to be, and he has jailed hair too early in the morning. Nasty yeah. boys. Clearly, <laughs> clearly Florida. They're missing teeth. Their sunglasses are funny. They've got like weird painting on their shirt. And this is their conversation. Dylan, go ahead. Hey, we're running for the senators of Florida. Here's our tax. If your dick's under five inches, you owe all your money back to the government. Ah, nasty size. Here's something you don't know about us. The Nancy Boys is that. We helped Hulk Hogan when his son murdered someone in a driving accident. So for some reason, we always go where he goes now. Yeah. <laughs> So that's the nasty boy, and uh, Billy Gunn's getting—he's getting a small push. I mean, he doesn't—he does well against Shamrock uh, in his IC title feud. They are thinking still Shamrock is going to be the champion. Um, Road Dog at this point is smoking crack, and he's Smoke put crack. in rehab. Allegedly shows up at the St. Valentine's Day massacre on crack, and Bruce Pritchard's like, "You got to go home. You're in no <laughs> fit place to work you're not like that professional rowdy piper oh sure he would talk about snorting cocaine while doing commentary with vince mcmahon but god damn it you couldn't totally tell well that's the thing is the weird thing about road dog not to get too sidetracked off your boy badass billy gunn but like it's just crazy how road dog smoked crack like for two months and everyone was like we need to go to rehab jake the snake roberts did it for forever and everyone was like you know he's doing okay still (laughs) 
That coal miner's glove match wasn't that good. I think he's fucked up. Uh, Road Dog, probably a really nice guy. And seems like a really nice guy. That's really funny. Jake yeah. Roberts, for sure a prick. Like, he just seems like the kind of guy that has two drinks, and then it's just like, yeah. Look at your nose. It's got a cock in it. <laughs> <laughs> so... Billy Gunn takes Road Dog Oddly's place and starts feuding for the hardcore this is title the most with Hardcore Vince Holly. Russo and idea I've ever heard in my entire life, which is not, uh, which okay, what they should have done is built towards a feud with Ken Shamrock and Billy Gunn, creating a storyline, the whole idea of which one of these guys is the better competitor, the UFC fighter. The what did they do? What instead they did was that they go, oh, for some reason the New Age Outlaws have switched the titles that they're going for. Well, they did that because Road Dog was caught smoking uh, crack. No, I guarantee they would have done this either way. But why did they need? They didn't need to then. No, they didn't need to move um, Billy Gunn into the hardcore picture. They just could have just kept him at the IC and moved someone else into the hardcore picture, as opposed to changing it midstreams. It was this was the pitch. Okay, bro. Here's what they're not expecting, bro. They, they're partners, bro, but they're going for each other's titles, bro, bro. Oh, and uh, bro. It's like Jesus, bro. You didn't know what Jesus was going to do. <laughs> Here's the crazy thing. Hardcore Holly and Billy Gunn, best friends. That's heartwarming. Guaranteed. Does, that did not surprise me at all. Because here's the thing. with Hardcore Holly is the kind of guy that is very amusing as a complainy piece yeah. of shit. And Billy Gunn seems like the kind of guy that keeps a lot of that inside. So he's just like... Uh, yeah, I just want someone else to complain so I feel like I'm venting while I'm just wearing um, a weird uh, hair scrunchie that was only popular in the early 2000s. That's why I like Billy Gunn is because he clearly probably got along with everybody. I could see him and Hardcore Holly hanging out. I could see him and Road Dog hanging out. But if him, Road Dog, and Hardcore Holly yeah, hang out, very awkward. Especially like uh, this period, Road Dog doesn't understand that not everyone does drugs. So they're just driving on the highway, and it's just like, yeah. oh, why does it smell like burnt plaster? And then Road Dog's like, <laughs> just having a little smoke of coffee, if you know what I'm saying. All right. <laughs> there was a story that we skipped from last time where uh, the outlaw's car broke down on the road, and they had oh, to get to the yeah. show, and Billy, Billy Gunn had to call, they had to end up calling uh, Flash Funk, and... They were Road Dog had run out of weed, and Billy Gunn was really pissed because he's like, "Oh, now we're fucking." He's anxious about getting to the show, and Road Dog was really happy because he knew Flash Funk would have weed. Here's why I like that story: is it was like that reminded me of being a comedian in Canada in between 2009 and 2012. <laughs> yeah, it totally is. This guy will drive and pick you up. Well, I know he has weed. I know he don't. I know he don't mind if you drink in the in the passenger seat as long as you cover it up a bit. The amount of comedians I had to in mom's car. The weed. The what was the fucking? Uh, my buddy Bryn would always talk about this, where it's like, yeah, smoking cigarettes inside is uh, not cool. That's disgusting. But like, weed, bro. What are you a fucking cop? I can smoke weed in your house. Just no questions asked. Start smoking weed in your house. <laughs> Get the fuck out of my fucking home. <laughs> This is my home, man. Grass-smelling bullshit. <laughs> Come on, man. Um, still maintain. Legalization of marijuana will be the worst thing that's ever happened in Canadian history, counting the treatment. Yeah, and I'm including really? the treatment of Native people. I'm so sorry. I don't believe that. No, John has a tattoo on his chest that says reserves are where they belong. <laughs> yeah, but that's, weirdly, that's, I'm, talking, I'm talking about the restaurant industry. It's just a sad, sad, sad coincidence. Why? 
because reserve the reserve system is actually a big hindrance on the integration of natives people with contemporary. Canadian oh, I thought you no. I mean, I was. We all we all know that that the reserve society is bad. We don't need to explain that. Reserve, sorry, the reserve system is terrible, and uh, you want to look up in you want to look up indigenous rights in Canada. It's uh, basically a piece of paper that says, "Uh oh, whoopsie doopsie." <laughs> if you look that up on the Canadian government website, they probably just switch you to another page that's like, "Look at all these kids playing." That's what Canada is. Yeah, Don't look up our history. The, the biggest <laughs> trick Canada ever pulled, which is like Australia is really bad with its native people. And it's like, yeah, but Australia apologized and. Is in a way trying to mend the bridge. They're having an open discussion about changing certain holidays to acknowledge um, uh, the invasion and the subsequent genocide. And Canada's just like, yeah, bro, this is the history of Canada. One day, nothing here. Next day, a couple of English people threw some dirt in the ocean. Boom, Canada. <laughs> All right, fuck you. Yeah, there's a lot of it, real bad stuff. But uh, let me say this about uh, the Canadian natives' rights. Uh, it's brutal and it's hard to watch, much like the matches uh, Billy uh, Gunn had as a hardcore champion or attempting to get the hardcore championship. Because here's the weird thing is he is not good using weapons. He is not good in a free-form sort of brawl. He very much has to have his match. Exactly. His match is a lot more technical than the Attitude Era really had room for. Billy Gunn is a perfect Attitude Era before the Radicals right guy, point, by which I yeah. mean the Radicals, of course, Chris Benoit, Eddie Gr because he's, with the 1998 roster they have, yeah. he's, he's a great worker because, <laughs> yeah, Billy he can Robinson move. of 1998 WWF. <laughs> but once those guys get in, he's like, and it switches to more of like a cruiserweight, higher work rate style, he's just like... The what the Attitude Era was essentially is we're rebranding these guys who wrestle exactly like everyone did in 1995, but that and that's exactly what Billy Gunn was. He was just a rebranded, make more Except fun. The main thing is that the, the all they did was they gave everyone a finishing move, and if you couldn't come up with a finishing move, you just did the DDT. <laughs> yeah, which is ECW. Like every, I think every ta every champion of ECW except for Rob Van Dam won the title or the, the Death DDT Valley Driver, which for some reason they called this. The Spicoli or the Death Valley driver just bummed me out. Yeah, because of the dead guy. So they're badass Billy Gunn, and this is interesting because I had always thought of this as Mr. Ass. He became Mr. Ass because of uh, I don't not the Mr. Ass part, more the one Billy Gunn part. But they, he becomes Mr. Ass because at this point you're gonna remember they're rocketing up that the American badass, the Undertaker is coming back so essentially he loses the moniker badass billy gun to the undertaker because now the undertaker wants to just be who he is on tv he wants to be i make women uncomfortable by talking about how sick my ride is <laughs> but on tv that's true but you've skipped so much because oh there's um l l let's just do this quickly and then we'll bring it up to when he becomes the one billy gun WrestleMania 15. They oh, that weird no, match -up. no, no, no. We can't do that. We can't do it quickly because, dude, we got. Uh, there's still a lot of um, Billy Gunn. Well, that's why. Uh, that's why it's weird. You, you were bringing up the the Mr. Ass One Billy Gunn stuff because Mr. The badass badass to Miss. Oh, okay. Badass to Mr. Ass is a slow transition. Yeah. Then Mr. Ass becomes the one because they can't have two guys with ass in their name. But he becomes, but he goes from badass to Mr. Ass. Cause they explain that they should be, uh, as addressed as Mr. Dog. And, yes, and Mr. then Mr. Ass. Ass weirdly gets really over with everybody, which is the, and also leads to in the, uh, WWF game, no mercy. 
he's Mr. Ass or Ass in his shortened version of his name, which is the best thing in the entire world. <laughs> but that's his gimmick essentially goes from I'm a badass, I'll beat you up by any means necessary, I'm still kind of a heel to Look at my fucking nice ass. <laughs> yeah, his his gimmick goes from like I'm a real tough, uh, tricky wrestler to I got a tushy that will not uh, that ain't no squishy. Yeah, apparently up until he hadn't listened to the anything past like a minute in his theme song up until 2005, which is insane. This is the best thing I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> he he was like, oh yeah, I mean, I don't like licking ass. That was his. <laughs> he uh. He didn't like licking ass is the only dispute he had. I uh, I will say this, though. I love the Mr. Ass theme song. It's the greatest wrestling theme song that has ever been written. It has more than one verse. Do you know how fucking rare that is? It's very rare, and it's also, like, for his character, really good, because you're never going to... Like, this sounds weird, but it sounds like you're never going to win a world title. But keep in mind, after the I'm sorry, I love you, super kick Shawn Michaels, retiring Ric Flair, the first line was, I'm a sexy boy. So you can't really put limitations on a theme song. Oh, listen, but here's the thing is they ruined the Shawn Michaels theme song by having it no longer being sung by Sensational Sherry. Yeah, he sang it and not Sherry, and that was him becoming like a superstar baby face. The, the weird thing is... Billy Gunn and Road Dog do have matches. They do have matches, but it's just like they shake it out. And you could always tell by the way that the tag team was booked that they liked Billy more. Wherein, and this is kind of the weird thing where the guy in a tag team who's the worst worker is always booked stronger because he's the guy in the babyface team that's used to get the heat. So obviously they beat down on Road Dog, hot tag to Billy. That's how their tag works. And that's how you always think of the tag team is. Billy is stronger than Road Dog because I've seen Road Dog in prone positions way more. And obviously they're going to go with Billy Gunn because as much as like Bruce Pritchard says, oh, I liked Road Dog way more than I liked Billy Gunn, you're not going to have a world champion wearing a t-shirt Do with you? Braids. I was thinking about uh, that weird sort of the Bruce Pritchard love of Road Dog as opposed to Billy Gunn. And I think that that's wrestling family snobbery because in the end, Billy... Billy Gunn is an Armstrong okay. brother, and all of the the Attitude Era was basically like the last son. Yeah, Road Dog was an Armstrong, Armstrong brother, brother, and the Attitude Era was basically like the last sons and daughters of the uh, Territory Era came to get came together with a man who okay. liked tits and a boss that just wanted everyone to get covered in shit. <laughs> and that's the Attitude Era. So it's a weird thing. Anyone that was a real sort of, for lack of a better term, either a legacy or someone who was of the uh, of the territories, really got a lot more respect than someone who just sort of showed up and was hanging out. For example, Steve Austin was amazing, got over completely on his own, but also was beloved by the fucking office, and they would always bring it back to like. He was in the USWA, and Dutch Mantel told him to watch every match, and so he always did that for the rest of his life. Not pointing to the fact that maybe he was like low level on the spectrum because of how he like presented and protected himself, but let's not get into that. That'll be weird. Do you understand? So it's one of those weird things where Billy Gunn is very much of the WWF yeah. system. So it's like, oh, he had a lot of stuff handed to him. He could never be a guy. All that sort of stuff. And it's like, yeah, but you fucking protected the shit out of the fucking rock and let the rock develop. You protected the shit out of Steve Austin. You didn't protect Billy Gunn at all. 
And I was still like, couldn't get over. And it's like, yeah, because you let fucking every fucking guy with a microphone call him a bitch for a year. And then we're like, well, he he wasn't miraculously good at something that we didn't know if he'd be good at. So fuck him. But he, by his own volition, did not like talking. And he doesn't view himself as a singles wrestler. And that was from an interview in 2005 when he was the most pilled oh, up he yeah. could possibly he lo- be. This is the other thing. He loves pills. He loves pills more than Dylan, and Dylan loves pills. Ooh, I love calcium pills. No. That's what you're talking about, right? Talking about your- I just want to have strong bones. I'm talking about your sweet treats that you like to have where you go, ooh. <laughs> Dad. Ooh, yeah, it makes me so sweet. Oh, by the way, to close a loop, um, we'll talk about the 99 King of the Ring after the break, but to close a loop... Um, here is the breakdown of Subway Party Subs. How long a sub would you want, John? Okay, well, what's the longest you can get? 27 feet. Oh, holy fucking shit. <laughs> okay, and that is $432. That's not that... That's not that... Under, For a wedding? Like, that's pretty fun. But it's all one sub, though. Like, everyone has to eat the same fucking thing. <laughs> eat the same thing over and over. It's one giant sub. You're telling me that they can't do individual sections of the party sub that they're just like it's all meatballs. Oh, that would be so sick. But yeah, I think I think that's it. I mean, you can call them and ask. <laughs> That'll be a Patreon exclusive. We call Subway. Are there two people on the line? We both want to know about the sub. Is oh, that a sorry, fucking yeah, problem? Guess, yeah, you guys don't know about the fucking modern times we fucking live in. I guess that's why you let fucking Jared be a pederast. Now we got some party sub fucking questions and we're going to fucking <laughs> <laughs> oh there's a really funny uh well before we take a break there is a this is something i could just say to you off the air but there's a really funny show called good new great news where it's like um they're talking about a lady becoming the spokesman for a fast food chain she's like you gotta get this right because they do not let people with criminal records become spokesmen for fast food it's not the days of subway anymore they just, you just go the only way no the only people who don't want to be famous are child molesters oh wait no no, yeah, wait, no, Jared from Subway does have that new show, Perverts in Paradise. Made me laugh very hard. Uh, Jared, by the way, attempted to sue the victims of his pedophilia because they ruined his career. All right. That's good. <laughs> you can get, all right, so you can get two, let's say you got two 12-foot party subs. Different, you can, get, you can get one meatball and one, I don't know, chicken teriyaki. And then that would be $192. So that'd be, our, I mean, each. So that'd be 400 bucks spent on two separate subs? It'd be a lot more expensive because I'd have to get my head checked in for ordering chicken teriyaki at fucking Subway like an absolute fucking Burke. We will continue this ang- with as angry fucking and argument off mic. Thank you very much for listening. Enjoy the ad for us. Yeah! Hey, Dylan. Have you ever thought about giving us money because we fucking do a good fucking job for these fucking ungrateful fans? They're all pieces of shit. Every fucking week, we take time to research this show, then forget most of it and talk about who would like to come on. Yeah. And by, I think that deserves money. And by we, we mean a guy we've met a few times, and he needs money because I keep promising to pay him, but then I say, no, haven't earned it. Why? <laughs> yeah. I spend the money on candy and hummus. Separately, I, I don't. I don't dip the candy in hummus. That would be a old taste Snickers sensation. bar hummus. Hastings over here needs money. Patreon.com backslash wrestler review, or rate and subscribe on iTunes, or do both. And here's another one. Fucking shut the fuck up, buddy. 
Yeah. Right now, are you talking? Are you talking? Are you talking to me? Where are you listening on? Were you doing dishes? Turn, fucking turn, break all your dishes, you fucking bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Shut your cock washer and use your fucking dick grabbers to give us some fucking money. Oh, yes. It's WrestleMania 15. Gunn loses to Hardcore Holly, and then Hardcore Holly and Billy Gunn probably went for a nice steak, and Hardcore Holly was needlessly curt to a waitress. <laughs> I ordered a salad, you fucking bitch! He's he's just like this sometimes. Uh, I think you'll find I ordered garlic salt, not traditional salt, you absolute idiot. Um, Gun leaves uh, Triple H, or L- Gun leaves DX and aligns with Triple H in China. The New Age Outlaws sort of broke up slowly over a number of weeks, but it was sort of one of those things where you could tell that their heart wasn't really in the breakup. Um, and then the worst thing to ever happen at Over the Edge 1999, uh, which is Gun and Road Dog have a match. Nothing else happened in that pay per view. <laughs> Nothing else happened That is worthy of remembering Billy Gunn's 2005 shoot interview He says Owen was unprofessional for dying When that should have been our night Yeah, I've, That's a real thing I maintain the same thing Which is uh, uh, I've actually desecrated Owen Hart's grave a few times By writing mega cuck Because if I fell that far I would have been I just landed on my balls and been fine <laughs> <laughs> Yeah I would have landed I would have just fucking turned into a leg drop match over, but that's whatever. You know, if that was Mark Henry, you know what he would have done? Hit an Olympic slam on the way down and fucking won the fucking European championship. (laughs) Good improvisation, Mark. Nothing else happened. Who do you think was the first person to be like, Owen Hart deserved it in the wrestling business? I guarantee it happened within 10 minutes of his death, and it was... The Honky Tonk Man. Yeah, it was the Honky Tonk Man. I was going to say Harley Race. No, Harley Race was actually very upset because he was the agent for the match. <laughs> hey, you fall that far, you better be coming down with a guitar, having a bit of fun. They paid me $50 to say that, so uh, I don't know. I need to eat this week, Honky Tonk Man. Um, I do hope that Harley Race, this is what Harley Harley Race is just outside of Honky Tonk Man's his house all the time. Oh, you do know that Harley Race now has dementia, which is the best news for... What the fuck is that noise? Oh, I'm just uh, just put I'm just tapping my oh, foot. It sounds like hell on my headphones. Anyway, uh, I've had three cups of coffee, so there's gonna be some involuntary moving. <laughs> Aren't you a real stepmom having a glass of wine before noon? The best, the best, the best thing about Billy Gunn is that he's really fast. The world moves really fast. Oh, he's fast. Yeah, the best thing about Billy Gunn is I took speed. Speed's fun. <laughs> uh, Billy Gunn and Road Dog have that match. They have to. Keep- going obviously because no one remembers that match they had it over the edge 1999 which builds to a summer where what happens to billy gunn is the summer of gun baby he wins the king of the ring tournament in 1999 he beats ken shamrock kane and finally x-pac apparently he thought x-pac was gonna win but x-pac had up- upset the office so billy was just next in line 180 percent that was not it if you need to look at how weak the roster is during this period in 1999 and why they brought in the Radicals, it is just one two nine is the fact that they pushed Billy Gunn because no one. This is the this is the nexus of Smart Marks, not the next. This is the start of Smart Marks becoming mainstream. Like now, your audience is half dorks. Now it's all dorks, but now it's half dorks, and they're starting to notice that this Billy Gunn guy doesn't like if you're gonna have a ripped dude fucking 
at number one, you got to have a dude like even Batista when he got his push was like cool. Like Batista was a cool guy. Again, I ha- I'm cool to I'm watch. Going to a lot have of natural to, charisma. I'm gonna have to disagree. Batista was many things. He was fun to watch. He was never cool. If you have a tattoo around your belly button, I don't care what your gender is. I don't care what your job is. I don't care how much meth you were doing in a summer that was two zero 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 three. You're a fucking loser. You're trying too hard to. No. Yes. No. Okay, point. Go ahead, Dylan. He heard the song Butterfly by Crazy Town (laughs) and he thought, let's fuck. Uh, You do know, have you, by the way, just YouTube, the um, the amount of interviews with the band members of Crazy Town talking about the time when uh, that song was popular is both so sad, but the way that they conduct themselves, you're like, oh, these guys are bad people. This is fun. I am glad it didn't work out for you. Legit, the reason Batista had that tattoo is because now you can have the big chest plate tattoos, but that wasn't really in vogue yet, and that was just an excuse for Batista to take a shirt off and then fuck on some pussy, you know what I mean? You wouldn't understand. No, I wouldn't, because I'm respectful of women. I only shake the, I shake their hands, and in my palm is my cum, and that's how I make babies. Isn't it crazy? Like, <laughs> that's disgusting. That's the worst thing I've ever... <laughs> <laughs> the worst thing in the world. I just don't understand how children are made. I just gotta girl, get a girl to touch my cum, and then they'll make a baby. <laughs> and then they instinctively shove it inside yeah, themselves. Yeah. Ooh, this smells like cherry bark and almonds. <laughs> John spends a lot of time experimenting with spices to make his cum yeah. smell just I put right. A lot of I put a lot of stuff in my piss hole just. To make- <laughs> Tarragon burns, but rewarding. Mr. Hastings, your urethra looks like a a bunch of ground up chum that's just arranged in a row. What have you been doing? I put cologne in my pee hole so that my cum is pleasing. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong there. You're gonna live forever. Oh my God, your penis looks like a drunk man's nose. What have you been doing? Making sure my making sure my jizz is pleasant. <laughs> So, he wins the 1999 King of the Ring, does Billy Gunn, and then everyone talks about how bad the Harlem Heat versus Harlem Heat 2000 was, like how bad that storyline was, but after King of the Ring, Triple H and China went on to feud with X-Pac and Road Dogg over the rights to the DX, uh, over the rights to DX's name. The feud culminates when X-Pac beat, and Road Dogg beat Billy Gunn and China. Yeah. The other thing with this is... Uh, the reason why everyone talks about the Harlem Heat ah, 2000 feud being so shit is that it was a ripoff of this already kind of annoying feud. Although I do like the I like the premise of this feud because you're like, yeah, that would be a lot of money because everyone had a fuck that fucking DX football jersey. I had one of them. It was the best thing I've ever bought. I wish I still had it. You're going to get married in it. Um, Dylan's wearing it to my wedding. <laughs> yeah. The, every, all the groomsmen wear DX football jerseys and you wear... No shirt. Yeah. I just wear. I just wear. Ch- uh, but I am wearing the bottoms of the that China wore to WrestleMania 13. Yeah, you're dressed exactly like China at WrestleMania 13, and everyone else wears a DX football jersey with Mr. Ass short pants. That's. I have told. I I told you. I should. I'll tell this on air. I told you who's one of the officiants for my wedding. That would of course be Carl Rove, no, Graham K, friend of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Enemy of the show. show, Keep your friends close. Keep your enemies in your wedding party. (laughs) So 
Billy Gunn apparently wanted to feud with Stone Cold at this time, and then Austin Oh, refused. it's the saddest thing in the world. He just wants to be a popular boy, does Monty, and the big angry man from Texas can't. The irony, by the way, is that Billy Gunn is the actual version of what Steve Austin pretends to be, and uh, in terms of, like, he's a rancher. He's an outdoorsman, all that sort of stuff. And Steve Austin's like, all right, I'm going to get my truck. Me and my dog, we're going to go shoot something as long as it's pre-prepared to be shot. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as long as it's in a cage. Uh, hell yeah. Yeah. As long as I got a sniper rifle and it stands no chance of attacking me, I'll be just fine. <laughs> all right. Hell yeah. I will say this, though. Billy Gunn, I can totally understand why Stone Cold is adverse to the feud. And that is essentially because he, as Billy Gunn says by himself, he's the guy that always takes the stunner. Like, Billy Gunn's really underrated in this one really weird way in that he, I think, was my favorite guy to take the stunner. Because The Rock gets a lot of, like, compliments for how he does it because he explodes. But Billy Gunn took the stunner really well, and he also took the stunner fucking every Monday. So from Stone Cold's perspective, it's like, essentially, this guy is a... He's just a guy I hit the ring and then stunner. And now I'm supposed to like have competitive matches with him when he his character hasn't changed at all. Like that's the thing about Billy Gunn is they're they're starting to push him, but his character hasn't I really changed. I completely agree. And by the way, it would have been an easy adjustment to change it. Yeah. And it actually Steve Austin X-nays this feud, but I honestly believe that he would have gotten a lot out of it and it would have a little bit reinvigorated his certain situation. He was starting to get, not stale, but it was getting close. The sale-by date was still a long way off, but people were starting to be aware that Steve Austin has been around for a while. Because this is also well, that's this the is whole, also the summer yeah. of like Vince McMahon goes away for the first time because of the um, first blood match at uh, Fully Loaded. Like he's gone by Survivor Series because of that neck injury. And the other thing about Austin is that this this is a lot. It's a lot skewed to where like Austin's super super popular, obviously, but also you're seeing the Rock really rise. So people didn't really get tired of Stone Cold because immediately this other star had rocketed up. If this sounds fucked up, but it's like if in another world where the Rock isn't there, does Austin stay over for that long, or is everyone kind of like tired of the Stone Cold Steve Austin stunners everybody show? No. Well, maybe. Who knows? We'll never know. Except I know. Fuck you. But they clearly have plans for Billy Gunn because they're setting him next to Triple H, which is prime time for if this guy does well in a featured role, maybe him and Triple H can have a feud. He's really close friends with China at this time. And of course, no, this isn't when uh, China and is this when China and uh, this isn't when Stephanie and Hunter get together. Yeah, this is well, this no, ninety nine is the beginning of it because at the end of ninety nine is the beginning of the McMahon Helmsley, um, like dip, Um, and that's around the time they got fake married is when the time they started cheating on uh, China together. And by WrestleMania, yeah. So by WrestleMania 17, they are apparently full on raw dog in it. And China is out of the company within a few months after that because it's discovered. It all ends in tears. And they're just like, you know what I mean? (laughs) We're into it. (laughs) Yeah. And then Billy Gunn's in the weird position where, like, essentially he's the shoulder China has to cry on. And this is the weird part where even Billy Gunn's ex wife 
now still basically stands up for China as far as individually being put in the Hall of Fame and like tweeting at the WWE like fuck you for how you treated her that type of thing oh my god like it's an absolute fucking abhorrence that X-Pac is in with DX and China like China was put in in a way but they really fucking skirted the issue and the whole excuse of like uh she's done porn it's like Oh my god, do you know what you fucking your company is? Like you can't fucking act like that's an excuse. You're the fucking you're the WWE. You did things worse than porn on Monday night. Yeah, the warrior is also on in your Hall of Fame and he said uh the F with my last name word uh to Goldust on TV. Yeah, he also is full like fully doesn't like the Jews. Like he's not <laughs> yeah, he's like ground floor on a Jewish conspiracy too. Yeah, like it's, it's one of those things where he doesn't even really need to say it because it's just like he, you just look at his muscles and he just winks and goes, you know who I think runs the banks. And then he just walks into another room. Yeah. His full original name was the Ultimate Warrior Against the Jewish Conspiracy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Distrusity is actually German for I don't trust those people. <laughs> so... Billy Gunn, they're still riding high, though. Like, they're, they're keeping him in an upper mid-card place, and then they give him a shot in a feud against the Now, Rock. you watched this interview right before we started. Can you take me through it, please? So, basically, The Rock and Billy Gunn have a match, and it does not go the way they want. They have a pay-per-view match where it does not go the way they want. They're just oil and water. They don't mix. And then The Rock comes out and buries Billy Gunn. Um, it's the invent of the catchphrase, it doesn't matter, he doesn't act out where God and Billy Gunn are talking, and Billy Gunn's little bitch. And I think that this is kind of weird, but The Rock is such, like, a emblematic of the Attitude Era, because although the Attitude Era was amazing, and The Rock is amazing, it kind of ruined wrestling for, like, up until now, really, where it's like... Because of all the rock specifically, because the way he got over was so weirdly predatory on other wrestlers, by which I mean, like, he never, his character never gave any other wrestler his due. He would just beat that wrestler and then destroy them on the mic, usually. Yes. And it also gave way to one of the most annoying catchphrases ever, which is, it doesn't matter what your name is, followed, the, the worst one is still what? Invented by our friend Adam Christie, apparently. <laughs> I love it when people just claim they invented catchphrases. Do you know I was the first person to say suck it? I, I don't know what it says about me, but I know two people that claim to have invented wrestling things. Uh, Brendan Burns, enemy of the show, claims to have invented the Fandango dance. And <laughs> he's walked back and has changed the story where he's like, no, I didn't invent it. I was just doing it and then everyone copied me, but I didn't invent it. And it's like, you think you did? And that Adam claimed that he invented the what chant, which is also just fucking insane. I wish that... I hope that both of those are true. I mean, I for the love of God, I hope so as well. We'll meet the guy who claims to have invented the Kurt Angle you suck thing as well. That's me. One day. I invented that. Okay, good. So I've already yeah, met him. you've good. met him. It's me. <laughs> but just the way he did it, where it's like everyone kind of knew the match was shit and that no one really liked Billy Gunn to begin with in that spot. It's not that, like, people didn't like Billy Gunn. It's that people didn't like Billy Gunn in that spot. Like, he's a fine Intercontinental Champion. They love him when the New Age Outlaws is just on his own, Billy Gunn. 
doesn't really want to talk, which is like a thing. That's a, that's fine, but like he doesn't really want it. Want the microphone. He doesn't want to be featured in that way. And the way he wrestles is also like for a six foot five guy, he's a bump machine, and not really like a ring general. You know, so there's no ring general in there. It's two guys who and you understand like the Rock is four years into wrestling at this point. Like he's amazing on the mic, but he's not that good a wrestler yet he can just try hard which is what billy gunn brings to it so you kind of need someone to like form the match and like a veteran to really form the match and lead the match and you didn't have that you just had two guys who do their moves waiting to do their moves and their things yeah they you have two guys that are going to do their moves to each other yeah and everyone points to this but billy gunn loses a number one contender match for the ic title in two and a half minutes against china and that's essentially the yeah end of his push as signified by the fact in the fall of 99, the outlaws are reunited. Uh, Un- under the McMahon-Helmsley era. This is also a weird one. Yeah. And this is the other one where it's weird because 99, now you're getting into the Dudleys are here. Um, Edge and Christian are starting to be pushed. And so are the Hardy Boys. So it's kind of weird to think about this, but the Outlaws do coexist in a world with the Dudleys, Edge, and Christian. And this is a tag team revolution that's just around the corner. Like I said, was high work rate. Like Edge and Christian, the Hardy Boys, and, you know, the Dudleys are good workers as well. They fill their role as, like, we'll fucking throw these little nerds all around. And the Outlaws don't really fit that. They're more like Attitude Era 1998. It's so it's insane how much wrestling changes in these two it's, years. It's insane how much I compl- I completely agree. It's also very interesting to look back at how old school formulaic and new age outlaws tag match was, but also how much it worked in specifically these two years, which was you beat up Billy Gunn or you beat up Road Dog, Billy Gunn comes in for the hot save. It was is great. Like it's a very yeah, they worked really well. They worked really well they as heels because really well it's like they worked really well as baby faces, and also you can really see that Billy Gunn is sort of that classic thing that Jim Cornette talks about, which is some people need to be in a tag team. Billy Bobby Eaton's another example of this, which is the best thing that uh, ever happened to Billy Gunn was him being in a variety of tag teams, and it's weird that um, it's just not that it, they would at this period in time in wrestling you had to just try and transition into being a single star and. Billy Gunn would have been better if he was just constantly just put into a, a a succession of various tag teams. Yeah, he highlights he's obviously the best in tag teams, and he, in a weird way, is the WWF Bobby Eaton, where all the things that WWF values, which is signature spots, such as the way Billy Gunn would bump, um, obviously his athleticism, his great look, are tenants of the WWF style, just as... Bobby Eaton's like overall work rate and how he put together a match is a tenant of the NWA 80s style. So that's a really weird thing to think at any time. And they're so good as tag team wrestlers that you think, man, let's try this guy out as a single. Like, I know it didn't hit last time, but maybe just because that wasn't the right time. And then every time you do, it's kind of like, oh, he just needs someone else there because all of his deficiencies as a worker, which both of them are essentially like they have charisma, but they don't have that like, I'm the star of the show charisma. Yeah. Much like Tommy Lee when he tried rap metal. Um, in that it was a rousing success, and every day I put on um, Let's Get Naked. Methods of Mayhem. <laughs> I was thinking about that song and how funny it is that there was a line called that yelled, Shootin' my jizzy jism. <laughs> it is so... The best part of the dirt is him talking about how that, that really rejuvenated his love for the world. 
So we're kind of methods of mayhem. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's the best. I love that because because like everyone says like white guys rapping is goofy, but that's only because at a certain point they'll talk about like how tough they are. But Tommy Lee stuck to what he had, which was Madong is big and uh, a nut all the time. Like he never was like, and I'm good at fighting. He was like, no, I'm bad at that. My mom is lovely. I shoot loads. Like let's let's not mince words here. This is a 29 track album about how I shoot fucking rocket yeah, loads. Yeah, man, I'm here to get my D asked by you. And he's just pointing at <laughs> pointing at the mirror. He's pointing at yeah. He's pointing at a picture of uh, just all the women in the um, world. So Dylan, what are are we at? No, we're not done what's, yet. What's next? No, we're not oh, done we yet. We the end of the New Age Outlaws run, and then we're bringing it up to the one Billy Gun. That's where we're going. Good. No, because these the Outlaws and uh, the uh, the the three X Pac mem the three X Pac the the three DX members essentially X Pac Billy Gun and Road Dog are the people that get attacked by the radicals when the radicals come. Ah, uh, yeah, that's the thing we have to talk. They have about. a short feud. They have a short the short feud that ends later that night on Monday Night Raw when they are all beaten up because Vince McMahon's a piece of shit who's petty, and Walt. No, Survivor Series, Dean Malenko, Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, and Perry Saturn beat China, Billy yes, Gunn, at, Road at Dog. Survivor Series. <laughs> and at Survivor Series. Who? And who? Beat Road Dog. Billy Gunn, Road Billy Dog. Gun, Road Dog. Yeah, Road Dog, Billy Gunn, China, and who? Who's the it's fourth member? K-Quick. It is K-Quick. Is, is it K-Quick? Is that when they start? They- <laughs> yeah. This is another one of the amicable splits they have when they're like, hey, Road Dog, I mean, he dresses weird and he smokes crack. I mean, let's put him with a black guy. So put it, him I in guarantee a, Vince McMahon. Put him in a rapping tag yeah. team. Put him in a I rapping tag 2020. team. 2020. Evidently, crack is a, is a black man's drug. Put Road Dog with a black <laughs> man. K Quick. Man, your lungs are black. What kind of pop would, would, would R Truth get if he came out as K Quick? Huge pop. What was that? You missed my Vince McMahon act out where I said, uh, your your lungs are black and your skin will be Uh-oh. too, Brian. <laughs> I didn't hear what you said. Just, your skin will be too, Brian. I don't know what you said. It really worries well, me. You, you so back. Go ahead. <laughs> no, what I'm about is when the no. Radicals debuted, th- their first matches, they lost all of them. And Bruce Pritchard defended yeah. as going like, well, now you have a place to go. No, fuck you. We've seen... Stop acting like the wrestling fans weren't watching both shows. We were watching both shows. We were familiar with these guys. We know what they can do. If you're going to bring them in, bring them in and have them fucking beat the fuck out of some people, especially at that point when they were the big, strong, scary heels. So have them, have DX lose to these new coming in baby faces and fucking help out Nick Foley as opposed to doing what, which has become the classic WWE thing. You're from somewhere new? That's bad. Actually, no, where I was was much better and much more interesting for storytelling. Uh, no, but here you have a job and your job is... Uh, 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 kissing boys. <laughs> well, here's here's the weird thing, is that they very much see WWF does, and I don't even think it's a bad thing, dude, that you bring someone else in from another company and you have to prove immediately our company is I be- disagree better, entirely. Especially it's, during it's that time. It's not about your company. It's the worst thing. Any business fucking school thing will tell you it's you... Do- if you completely and totally sell the brand and make it homogenous across the entire f- platform, so the WWE, you want to sell yourself as the WWE, this is the WWE, you will always see these guys at the WWE, 
as opposed to what the WWE has done, which is going, we are wrestling, wrestling is sports entertainment. So anything that isn't that looks different and unique as opposed to presenting a variety of different things so everything becomes associated with you, which is what they've never fucking done. Instead, what they do is everyone comes in, you got to put it over, oh, WWE's better. No, if they're in the WWE, therefore them being there makes anything that happens part of the WWE storyline. You fucking prick. Go ahead, make your point that's wrong. No, I think I think that's totally a fair point. I just think the way they viewed was that you had to make them lose because these are like coming in from what Vince says. And obviously now the funny part is WWE has adopted the exact type of parody booking that was alive in 99 and 2000 NWW where like Eddie Guerrero won the US title but then like 8 seconds later Kevin Nash just power bombs him into oblivion. So you don't have the tier of mid-card, upper mid-card. You basically don't have A, B, C, D. You just have D, C, A. And you need B-level guys like the way Billy Gunn was set up, which is he'll beat the C guys, but he'll, like, Austin's going to stunner him super easily. Whereas in WCW, it was like, it doesn't matter if you're the Cruiserweight champion, the television champion, the U.S. champion, you're just a dude and there's four people at the top that'll kick the fucking shit out of you in no moves if they yeah, see you're with no with none of the Jim Cornette style this guy gets you know 50% of the match but he loses solidly to the new guy mm-hmm. to the sorry to the to the main event guy um which of all the stuff that Jim Cornette <laughs> yells about is one of the things that uh, totally makes sense but this is a this is a weird one because he transitions into being the one Billy Gunn, and this is a weird one because we're not going to talk about his run as the one Billy Gunn. We're going to do that next week because now it's seven parts. But the was he transitioned into being the one Billy Gunn because of The Undertaker being the American badass and they didn't want Mr. Ass? Or what I had heard during this time being a super dork, double cross, erase it, I'm not having sex, forget the marriage part, I'm never going to do that because I'm too into this beautiful wrestling because the parent-teacher council had basically been like, you have to st- stop make you have to stop having every part of your program be super fu- like super profane. So they that leads to the formation of the right to censor, and that leads to the one Billy Gun, where it's like, okay, we'll throw you a bone. This du- mid card dude is now not Mister Ass, and he doesn't love asses. He's the one Billy Gun, and he's. Because they didn't even have a character for him. It was just like, he's the one Billy Gunn now. What's that character? I don't know. He's, I, he's the one now. I honestly now. think it was a combination of three things. They, I am sure someone, Vince McMahon probably thought he was going to go further as a mid-carder. So it was just like, he'll be Mr. Ass. Stone Cold will kick his ass. He'll go away for a bit, cool off, come back as something new. That didn't work out. And he's still around. Is a com- In combination with Undertaker wants to come in as the American badass, Vince McMahon decides they can't have two characters named ass. That's hit home by the parent-teacher council that says you need to do something about the way your product is presented. How about this? So I think it was in confluence all of those things worked together to make sure that it was uh, miss. And the, the and I guess the fucked up thing where it's like the whole thing of like it, you can show someone getting shot in the head, but you can't show boo-boo-boos yeah. on TV. And Billy Gunn's character turns from being, I'm a badass, I'll hit you in the back of the head with anything because I'm a heel, to Mr. Ass, where his gimmick is, my ass is nice. Also, if your ass is nice, my dick goes there. Yeah, it's a true thing. Where it's like, and 
But the weird thing about Mr. Ass, the one thing I will say about the character in retrospect is he should, uh, if you're going to name a guy Mr. Ass, he should have occasionally not fought someone because their ass was too nice. And he That's just shook hands very and gave good. the victory to them. Oh, I wish they'd done. <laughs> Hardcore Holly, that is a nice ass. Here's the so hardcore title. <laughs> Makes the kiss it goes and just gets out of the ring. They're like, what the fuck? And they never even had like they always have like bodybuilding contests, but they never had like a best ass contest. That could have oh, ate up ten God. minutes of TV. And it's the Vince Russo era. You could have definitely had a fat guy come out covered in shit during that. <laughs> my God He's Here's the thing Duke. though. He's, it's my he's shit. covered in Duke. King, watch out. <laughs> oh my god he's jacking off with vince's shit yeah. on him oh my god the shit's getting inside his pee hole i'm gonna be sick king give me your crown <laughs> his penis is going septic. i'm the king his of shit penis is going septic. <laughs> so this is the kind of the swan song for the new age outlaws until oh baby like i think this will be billy gun part seven but they come back with a vengeance oh, later on the voodoo king mafia is a real hoot and a half um I, I, i'm not talking about that i'm talking about their last wwe title run which was way closer than you think it was um dylan best thing of the run of this portion of billy gunn's career the best thing is uh, this is the badass Billy Gunn, his theme yeah, song. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's the Mr. Ass song. It's, by, it's, it's, best, it's, it's the best thing the, ever. It's outlived him. It's his legacy. Oh, it's the best. That, I mean, we both agree on the best thing, and this is yeah, great. Worst thing, Dylan, go ahead. Uh, I'd say the worst thing is that his uh, finishing move was the Famouser, by which I mean you can't really have, if you're going to be a top flight guy, you can't really have that as your move not the way he did it wherein he did it so oh, it's gonna sound weird but he's so athletic he just kind of did it really soft if that makes any sense like it just didn't look like it didn't look like a super crazy um awesome move and he never had it sold like do you remember when our this is gonna sound like weird but like rvd took a rko one time and he basically just fucking spiked himself and it's like if you would have had people sell it like that then it's an okay move but for that time, when you had all these people doing these crazy, cool moves, and then you're trying to get this guy over where it's like, oh, what's his finishing move? Oh, you remember Marty Jannetty? That's yeah. his move, I guess. Yeah, he tries to fuck his daughter. And then everyone gets really uncomfortable and leaves. <laughs> and then everyone goes, you yeah. win. Mm, or do you? Uh yeah, that's a good thing to say for the worst thing, but it's not the, the worst thing is the rock burying him on television for 15 minutes. That's the worst thing. It wasn't 15 minutes, because that's the thing. It was a four-minute promo, and The Rock was just super funny. And when you put Billy Gunn in a situation where he's going against a guy like The Rock, in the ring, they're similar in that both The Rock and Billy Gunn's style was, we're very good at bumping, we'll try very hard, but we just don't have the like basic, we mentioned it before, but Bobby Eaton-style grounding in wrestling like that. Whereas... Um, if you put him on the mic, then it's the best promo of all time, arguably. Like, top three, him, Austin, and Flair. And then just a guy who just kind of doesn't really want to do yeah, that. Yeah, a guy who basically is the energy of someone who will sell you timber. I, uh, yeah, I get... <laughs> yeah, it'd be like if there was a rap battle between, like, I don't know. It was like a seasoned rap battler against a guy who's just carrying a lot of groceries out because his wife's getting the car yeah. <laughs> it's just like what no why are you calling me all these things 
you're a fucking loser. No, I'm just trying. <laughs> she bought all these liquid, two things of orange juice. This is very heavy. Just leave me alone. <laughs> he, Billy Gunn is pro wrestling's Meek Mill. He had a lot of potential and then he got fucking buried. I don't get that reference and I have to leave. Ladies and gentlemen, this is... <laughs> I'm young, youthful. Look at me, skate longboard. This is part three of the... Bi- <laughs> Seven-part seven part series. We're not even halfway done. We're not even... One more than... One more than... No, wait. We should... We should uh, fuck. Damn it. I was going to say one more than Star Wars, but there's going to be nine Star Wars. Yeah, so. one more than our Hulk Hogan saga. By, no, way more than our one more than Hulk Hogan. Three more. That's it. The Hulk Hogan episodes of this show are so fucking long. There was ten hours on Hulk Hogan. Oh, fuck me, Dad. I, I don't know how we did that. I just remember it was Christmas time, and we... Because one of those episodes we recorded... Two of those episodes we recorded back to back. I mean, we get shit done, yeah. baby. What did you do today? I talked about Hulk Hogan for four and a half hours. <laughs> well, that's normal and expected. Thanks very much for listening. Thank you for so much for listening. And uh, if you don't like the Hulk, uh, the Billy uh, Gun saga, the show is not for you. Plug your shit at Edinburgh, John. 9.30 every day, Monkey Barrel 2. 11 o'clock, Cole Cabana, John Hastings, watch comedy and commentary and bad wrestling. Every day at 11, Monkey Barrel 2. Be there. Suck me hard. Booyah. And I will be on the show August 6th, if you guys want. August 6th. Your boy, John. Your boy, Dylan. Some stranger who's a fucking loser. He's actually like 5'8 in real life. So fucking see two power... See the Road Warriors and Barry Horowitz live on stage. I'm Animal and Hawk. John is Paul Ellering. Colt is someone else who's a fucking pedo <laughs> anyway <laughs> i uh and then follow us on twitter and <laughs> and instagram at wrestler review we're on facebook the wrestler review podcast uh join us on patreon patreon.com backslash wrestler review we'll have uh jimmy snook up part three the murder times up soon i don't know when because we're backlogging these because well john's in edinburgh he is basically a man staring straight forward out a window smoking cigarettes and then he does comedy and no other speaking happens all my shows are on dylangot.net dylangot.net because i let dylangot.com laps and now it's nine thousand bucks <laughs> so dylan got dot net baby how did that ha- wait a minute why who fucking paid who thinks you're gonna pay nine thousand oh join us on patreon buy my website for Thank me you. back <laughs> dylan got.com it's worth nine thousand dollars <laughs> i think that's american too so it'll be like 13 canadian or eight thousand pounds thank you so much for listening guys uh we really do appreciate it please like and subscribe uh leave us some kind reviews on itunes we could sure use it we love you bye 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 bye